Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. I'm pleased to introduce to you our ClioCon 2023 mini clips, mini series. I'm absolutely honored and delighted to be joined by the wonderful Bob Ambrogi. How are you? Rob, thanks for having me. I'm doing very well. I've been a huge fan of your work, and I just said off air of, of what you've been doing for many years for the legal community and profession. But would you mind just telling our listeners just a little bit about you? Yeah, well, I write about legal tech. I am a lawyer uh, in the United States, and I practice in Massachusetts, but I, I've been writing about legal tech for a long time. I have a blog called Law Sites, where I cover the sort of breaking news in the legal tech world. I also have a podcast of my own called Law Next, where I talk to the innovators and entrepreneurs who are changing what's next in law. And uh, also have another podcast called Legal Tech Week, where we have a panel of legal tech journalists and bloggers who get together every Friday afternoon at three o'clock Eastern time to talk about the week's top stories. A couple of those panelists happen to be sitting right by my side over here right now as I'm talking. So I'm mindful of that. I have to be nice, careful what I say about them. <laughs> well, that's a nice segue because we're, we're recording live. This is the first time our show has gone on the road um, from ClioCon in Nashville. I believe, Bob, you're at the very first ClioCon and have been following the sort of Clio journey for some time. So take us back to ClioCon number one to where we are today. I was at the very first ClioCon and we're, I'm still trying to get a, a take on how many people were have been in every I've been at every ClioCon. I know Joshua Lennon from Clio was there at that first one. A few others were there who have gone to everyone since then. But uh, it's a completely different conference in, in some ways, in terms of certainly in terms of size and scale. That first conference was under 200 people. It was in a, a smallish hotel in Chicago. And, you know, it's a little, I think it was probably a little bit of an experiment for Cleo at the time to, to do the conference and see what might happen. It, it, would, it was a success from year one. It, was, it had a great vibe. It brought together a group of people who were interested in innovation in law, who were interested in using technology in, to improve their law practices. You know, and it's just gotten better and better and bigger and bigger every year. To the point where, you know, as, as I'm sure your listeners have heard already, you know, we're up to 2,500 people here this year live and another thousand people virtually. So it, it's it's a huge conference, but it has managed to sort of a little bit maintain, it maintains that sense. It, it's, I keep saying people have drunk the Kool-Aid, people who are here because they're really excited about technology and, and its potential impact on the practice of law. Yeah, and I think it has huge impact. But I want to go back to like your fascination and obsession with tech. Like, where did that start? For me, it actually started. I, I was a I'm a lawyer, as I said, but I was a journalist before I went to law school, and I was working as a journalist after I went to law school. I was a editor with American Lawyer Media out of New York, and uh, but but in the pretty early days of the internet, I just became really fascinated by the internet. I mean, I'm talking early, like pre-web days, before the World Wide Web was even a thing. Uh, and when the web came along, I, I started to really believe that there was just enormous potential here for lawyers to use this tool. There were no lawyers on the Internet in those days. I mean, it was a, a long way back. But I, I just I, I started writing. At first, I started uh, I created a little syndicated column about how lawyers could use the Internet. That developed into a, a publication and led into a couple of books. And uh, this was at a time when a lot of that was all still in print and lawyers <laughs> weren't using email or online. But uh, eventually, you know, it just, I, I started a blog 21 years ago now, I think, writing about this stuff. Focus, have more on the internet originally, but it just really kind of evolved into covering the legal tech scene broadly. And uh, 
I, I'm fascinated. I continue to be fascinated. And, and it, this, as you well know, it's changing so rapidly and, and evolving so quickly that there's never a dull moment. There is never a dull moment. And obviously the buzzword has been said a lot, AI, throughout this conference. But I want to go to what your views as a, as a lawyer, uh, as well as obviously a legal tech you know, expert and sort of you know, enthusiast, what makes a good piece of legal technology? Oh, that it's, I mean, the number one rule is that it's actually something that's useful and practical to a lawyer's law practice. I, I can't tell you how many, uh, you know, startup founders will call me and want to tell me about their product. And, but, but who's going to, how are they going to use this? I mean, what, yeah. how is this really going to change anybody's practice? They sort of, they were so enamored uh, of their own idea that they never stopped to think about how it might really help anybody. So that's number one. You know, and then and then it, then it just depends. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be usable. It's going to be intuitive. Uh, you know, ideally affordable. Uh, and uh, but then it just depends so much on the use case and the nature of the practice and everything else. Yeah, and I think you know it's a very valid point that you mentioned. It take that takes me back to a thought I had with Chris Voss's keynote on negotiation about it's not about you, right? It's about the and thinking about that from a legal technology point of view. It's not about you. It's like how relevant is this for the lawyer or the law firm that's going to use it, and how easy it for them to actually adopt and then take action on it. So that's a really really key point that you you mentioned there. What about sort of looking forward? What are you most excited about? Because you you have your finger on the pulse when it comes to legal tech, and obviously Clio have introduced Clio Duo. You know AI is the buzzword. What are you excited about in terms of the world of legal tech? You know, I can't help but be excited about generative AI and what it might mean for legal. Uh, you know, it's still so early. I mean, here we are sitting here in October 2023. This just came around in November of 2022 and really just started taking on steam early in 2023. So a lot of companies are, some are racing to get products out. Some are being a little bit more deliberate and thoughtful about it to get products out. At Clio launched, it's, it's Clio Duo, as you mentioned. And I think they did it a little more deliberatively. Uh, you know, they didn't uh, race to get something out. But so far, I think the applications that we're seeing for it are pretty much focused on common tasks, helping, helping, helping make lawyers' days a little bit easier, but not really dramatically changing anything yet. But I, I do think this 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 technology has the potential to dramatically change how lawyers deliver legal services. And more importantly, I think it has huge potential to address the access to justice gap, which is we talk a lot about it in the United States, uh, but it's a worldwide problem. I, I'm well aware. And, and I think this technology will not just empower lawyers, but will be able to empower consumers to get legal information, get things done, uh, get legal problems solved in, in new ways that we have yet to imagine. Yeah, and, and I completely agree. And Jack talked about technology as, as levers, right, to increase output and efficiency. And you talked about uh, access to justice, which we want to drill down a little bit more. And also Jack in his keynote talked about the, the latent legal market, which potentially is up $3 trillion, which is just, just huge, right? Um, what what do you think is the key to solving the problem when it comes to access to justice? Obviously, this this can help, but we're not there yet, right? This isn't just going to kind of be an overnight thing. It's going to be a gradual thing. So what does need to continue to happen to ensure that we really do bridge that gap, if that makes sense? Yeah, well, one, one place I, I, I disagree a little bit with Jack on that, because he I, Jack, and you know, when he talks about the latent legal market, he talks about it as something that lawyers can address, ultimately. Yeah. 
And I, I don't believe that. I think lawyers can address more of it and a big chunk of it, but they're never going to address all of that late when we can market. I mean, they're not going to address the full justice gap. Yeah. Uh, there needs to be other ways. A lot of a lot of the problems that are defined as part of the justice gap are not ones that would ever go to a lawyer uh, or that a lawyer would ever want to help. And so there needs to be other ways to deliver services to people with legal help, make them more aware of the problems they have and how they can resolve those problems. Uh, so I think I think AI is part of that. Uh, you know, here here in the United States, uh, something that's been emerging is this idea of uh, you know re reform, regulatory reform of the legal profession in terms of who can own a law practice uh, to the extent to which technology companies can deliver legal services. To me, that's really one of the most promising areas of of change going forward is is this deregulation of the practice of law so that more can be involved in delivering legal services to to uh people who need help yeah no we we absolutely uh, uh, agree with that i would be remiss to not have you on get some of your wisdom for the future generation of people coming into the legal industry not necessarily to practice the law but maybe it's a legal technology solution maybe it's one of these new jobs that haven't even been invented within the world of law what do you think you would say to those people who are thinking about entering the legal profession? What are some of the skills or traits that you think you need to, to really shine? And, you know, anywhere in the profession? I mean, that, that's, a big, <laughs> that's a big question. I mean, um, you know, I, I think probably the, the traits that you need to shine, number one, it, it, it's a trite overused word, but I think passion is pretty important. I, 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 if you don't care about what you're doing, you're not going to do a good job at it, whether it's practicing law or developing technology or, or whatever else it is in, in life. So I, I think that's number one. You've really got to believe in what you're doing and why you're doing it. Uh, you know, beyond that, uh, good listening skills. Uh, podcasters maybe have that, I hope. <laughs> and uh, uh Good communication skills, uh, you know, they're sort of the basics. But I, I think really it's it's just uh, it's passion, it's curiosity for what the possibility, open-mindedness about what they, you know, I mean, they, the greatest advances, uh, I, I think, in, in legal are coming from people who are willing to think about what the possibilities are. And uh, there, there's a whole lot of people in the legal world who are very close to thinking about that and, and you are holding back the profession, I think. So that's sort of a rambling uh, answer, but those are those are some of the key traits I think. And I, I absolutely agree. And I, I want to ask you this next question because I've been following you and your content for a long time. I, I look up to you. I respect you. I, I like you. And I've met you in person. You're exactly what you are online, which is refreshing for me. Flattery will get you everywhere, Rob. Yeah, it, it, it will, but also the truth will too, right? And I think, you know, you, you, you've been a real role model in, in the world of what I'm doing as well with podcasting. And I think it's important to, um, to kind of understand, you know, what do you want the legacy for you to be? You know, what does that, what does that look like? You've been producing and blogging for a long, long time. What does that look like for you? What does, what does that, because that's what gets me out of bed. I have my own personal sort of drive and ambition for that and this digital world. What is it for you? What does it look like? Uh, he was fair and honest. Like it, like it. Okay, and a final question. What keeps com you coming, getting you coming back to ClioCom? Because you've been here from day one. You said it keeps like, you know, you keep coming back. What is it and why should people care? And why should people think about maybe coming to Austin Tech? Oh, I just, I just wrote on my blog. Yeah, I, I think this is the best legal tech conference out there. Uh, I mean, there's, they have 
set the bar with this conference for anybody else to try and emulate. But the the energy at this conference, uh, you know, I said earlier, talk about people who kind of drunk drunk the Kool Aid of, of of legal innovation. But pe the people here are so energized about the potential for the future of law, for the future of how we can improve the delivery of legal services, for how we how for how technology is part of that. But it's not just about the technology. It's about making law better in any in every way, shape and form. And so it's super energizing here. And, and you know, and they just do such a great job with the speakers. I mean, I was just I was just uh, over at my podcast table over there talking to Brian Beggs, who was the key, keynote speaker this morning, talking about his journey. Uh, you know, through a wrongful conviction and, and how that changed his life and just makes you understand how important it is to get to get this right, to get the legal system right. And uh, that's what it's all about here. I mean, transforming the legal experience for all is an absolutely huge mission, that's right? That's a good model. They ought to pick up. They should, they should pick up on it. They, they should learn about that. That is a huge mission. And I support that. I'm all about innovation, pushing for change, dreaming the impossible. Uh, Bob, this is a personal highlight for me getting to do this interview with with you if people want to find out more in case they've been living under a rock uh where can they find out more about you where can they learn about your podcast where can they pick up things you can find out most of my stuff right at lawnext.com i've got uh, we my pod you can find my blog there my podcast there our, our thursday our friday legal tech roundtable there and i also have a directory of legal tech products called the lawnext legal technology directory which you can also find from there so it's all lawnext.com Go and check it all out, folks. Bob, it's been an absolute pleasure, but from all of us for now, over and out.